0: hey what's up y'all uh welcome in it's uh monday actually now on the hold that podcast podcast as this is when we will be recording these from now on and uh well we are about to do a pod that you don't know that we quite expected to do as uh, you watched, Mississippi State uh, really handle LSU 44-34 to the tune of an SEC passing yards record. But look, we'll get into all of that and more. This is the Hold That Podcast podcast, if you're first listening, hosted by myself, T-Bob Abear, and my co-host, Brody Miller, from The Athletic. And The Athletic puts on this podcast. And the Athletic's awesome, and it's a great site. And right now, if you go to athletic.com slash Hold that podcast. It's a dollar a month sign-up deal for a year. A dollar. A dollar. There's no ads. That's insane. I'm telling you, the writing's super quality. Brody does great work on LSU, but really any sport that you're possibly into. All right. So, sign up for The Athletic. Uh, Brody, what's up? I'm going to welcome you in here. Um, How are you feeling after this weekend?
1: (laughs) I I have to start by... you know, it was kind of—I put this in my column today, but it, it was kind of like—I mean, you—you—you you, you do probably did it too. It was kind of this like you know, playful joke all of last season that every LSU fan was like, I don't care what happens in 2020, like, as long as we get a championship this year. It was like this very common thing I saw, like, I don't care how bad hurricane season is, like, as long, you know, as long as they have this special year. I saw it all the time. And that is a that has truly been put to the test in 2020, because now we have a LSU wins a championship. And now there's a pandemic. There are hurricanes hitting the coast. And now LSU just got embarrassed week one. So I really am starting to believe LSU might have uh, sold it soul for that 2019 season and it would add up it would explain a lot of a lot of weirdness but uh yeah that is my main uh thing that's on my mind as we go into this week is
0: no it's uh look i mean it's the question that i think we're all asking ourselves this monday uh you know are we icarus did we fly too close to the sun the wax has melted off our wings and now this is the crash Back down to earth. And, I mean, I know for a lot of Louisiana sports fans, it's not even just LSU, right? I mean, the Saints go to lose on Sunday night. Uh, the Pelicans really set the tone for pandemic sports in Louisiana. So, uh, it's been rough out here. It's been rough out here. And it was a rough football weekend. Um, I will say this, though. The, the championship does make it significantly better. Like as, as You're a You're playing rational, with house money this whole year. As irrational yeah. and crazy as a lot of the reactions have been to this game, and there's also rational ones, but like I guess as visceral as the reaction has been to this game, if this game happened in a world where a championship did not exist or a win over Bama did not exist, it would be pandemonium. Oh, it would be bad. You you would have people calling for the burning down of buildings, like the lopping off of heads. It would be utter pandemonium. So, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but you know what, man? Uh, as we'll get into, we, we, we dove into the film. We've got our takes sharpened, and I think there's clear building blocks here, and there's very clear and obvious... <laughs> Uh, room for improvement in a lot of areas. So we'll get to all of that today. Um, okay, so how did you say you wanted to start it? Damn it, I forgot. Okay, we're going we're gonna to go. We're going to talk about the game first, Brody. Then we're talking about the defense. About, yeah. Yes, okay, that's right. The breakdown, because that that is the starting point. And that's one of the biggest arguments. And we'll I, get to Miles Brennan. Yeah, exactly. So that's the biggest argument that I was having Saturday night was the initial reaction that this loss, that the main reason for this loss was Miles Brennan. And. And, like, on a night where you give up 623 yards through the air, I, that that just kind of flabbergasted me. I said this on the post-game show, but it felt like, you know, I, I'm looking at a guy, and he's been gut shot, and he's, like, bleeding out of his stomach. And he's like, dude, look at my pinky. Look at it. It snapped. And I'm like, okay, yes. Like, your pinky needs treatment. I agree. Like, we can improve that pinky, but I can see your intestines. You're in a lot of trouble here. And, and and so yes, let's start with the intestines. The defense. Um, well, I've I've talked about it so much. I want to hear what you have to say. What was your take on, on the defensive performance?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was. Okay, I don't think any of us in a, in any scenario were imagining we'd be talking Saturday about the dif- defensive backfield being the biggest problem on this team. It just, there was just no, we, you and I, I think literally just last week were like, you know, we were trying to remember, I think we were saying like which position groups are actually better than 2019. Yeah, and no, our so dumbasses, I'm pretty sure, said, I think corner might be. There's an argument. And okay, I understand Derek Stingley's out. And would that have made a difference in to some extent? Absolutely. But, no, Derek's four different guys caught six or more passes. Three different guys had 120 or more yards receiving. Derek Stingley was not covering everybody on that field, and I understand there were a lot of issues. Jay Ward was basically forced into playing, you know, because even though he was out for two weeks because of how bad Darren Evans wasn't ready and all these things. But I have first off, start with the fact it's modern college football it's a you know you you are not it's not like the old days where like you really just need two great corners and they take away half the field you need four to five corners to be good in 2020 let alone against an air raid team and two in a pandemic where your depth is going to be more important than ever and you always need to be ready for having a guy or two out you just can't play that card in my book you just flat out can't that is how every team's going to be dealing so you know what you can talk about Stingley all you want, but that uh, there's no excuse for that being the performance you saw from cornerbacks two through four, two through five. There's just no scenario that is well, no, a not not a based a real on what problem. we had
0: heard, not based on what we've been hearing no. about those guys, and, right? Like, and, that, and that's ultimately where a lot of this friction comes in, where all the shots of the defense uh the off season, or maybe you know, like a rant of the kind of coded messages, and then the uh, you know it's light years ahead of where it yeah, was, and then for that this game to follow that, that's pretty, that's a brutal one too.
1: And and here's the thing, and we're I actually want, like I don't want to get to this yet. We're gonna circle back, but there is like a part of me, and I'm and again I'll save this mainly for later. But there is a part of me that actually like sees a scenario where this defense actually still is fantastic. I'm not far from that, and I'll, I'll explain that later. But but still, I just think this defense you and I were talking about is a possible strength of this football team, and for them to come out like this, and and mainly it's the it's the concept of Bo Pelini had a strategy right he was gonna play heavy man coverage aggressive defense press those receivers And I don't even think that's the wrong strategy in a vacuum. I really don't. Like, I don't think that in uh, in itself was the mistake, even without Stingley. The mistake that everybody's criticizing, and this is not an original take, is that he didn't adjust when things got bad. Mike Leach even said like, he was shocked they came out in press, man. He thought they'd they'd (laughs) leave room. And then he's just like, well, they gave us that. We're going to attack, let alone when you're putting Darren Evans out there getting embarrassed by Osiris Mitchell. Or Elias Ricks had some rough moments and some good ones. And Jay Ward was obviously playing a hurt, and he got destroyed. So it's the fact that they never came out in the second half and, and switched and, and Ogeron was asked that just about 30 minutes ago and he said some of the inability to switch was not having enough corners some of it was just you know they probably should have adjusted and and I have a story coming out tomorrow where I talked to some people close to Pelini and, and I'll, I'll tease that but I mean apparently what I'm told they actually did play a little more zone than people realize it's just the way it worked out it still was one on one situations you know because he does play a lot of matchup zone so I mean there were some zone where it was just one on one. So but, was but, but there was no true quarters coverage. Like no, I mean, no matchup
0: matchup zone is what it is. But matchup zone still getting dragged by the drag. Absolutely. And it's still getting owned by Kylan Hill coming out of the backfield with nothing but space because he's either one on one with someone and no one else is there because they've been dragged elsewhere or there's no one there because they got confused on the assignments. They got dragged yeah. elsewhere. So so here's my deal. Why? And you're right because like the third and twenty was actually zone coverage. Looks like Baskerville had the pick and yep. barely. And really, that's where I start defensively. Is you lost the game because of third down? Yeah. I mean, you chart the third downs. It's unbelievable. Um, they had a third and thirteen that they uh, completed. Great pickup by the L- O line. And actually, look, I'm not even going to mention how many LSU brought each time because. Pelini's blitzing was not out of control like I, I thought so, it no. was live, yeah. so I had to dial that back because um, I don't think it was after rewatching the game again. Uh, it, it's just that the tight bump and run man coverage just was not working. You had the third and 13 where they got it, the third and 20 where you did play zone. Um, you had the third and 10 from the LSU 31. that the Rick's one got beat. Uh, no, no. That was the third and 10 from the LSU 43, which yeah, is a that one felt like right, it hurt the most, yeah. which is a touchdown right before half. Uh, yeah. And speaking of hurting, so that's why that one hurt. Uh, Rick's kind of going for the play thought he was underneath it Then you had the third and ten from the LSU third and eight later in the game Which brought them to the six-yard line and then to end the game with three forty six left in the game third and nine uh, Same thing tight man coverage beat on the outside touchdown Costello dagger touchdown and Costello finishes the game with uh, seven of 10 on third down, with three touchdowns and seven first downs. And those are all third and long situations where aren't you only supposed to convert oh, like 15% of those or something? Wait, to ask that again? Like, do, do we know the percentages? I don't know about the college level. I thought I heard in the NFL that maybe like third and longs are converted out of like a. Fifteen to twenty percent clip or something like like those are low percentage plays that they hit at almost automatically.
1: Yeah, I don't know that number, but yeah, I mean that is the number one thing. And yeah, it's that they were still pressing that. And remember, remember the Alabama game last year where Dave Veranda like, even in a the game they won, was getting miraculous levels of shit for playing press man up two touchdowns and gave up that deep ball to I believe you know Devonte Smith or someone over Derek Stingley. Remember, yeah. and he was getting so much shit for still playing man like with the lead and like playing press. And and this was different. like this was he was still doing that the entire game despite getting beat and This I, was even worse because like yeah. at least you had Derek Stingley
0: and Christian Fulton out there uh in the past. These were guys that were I mean, it wasn't like these were tight windows. I mean Costello no. and I don't mean some to of take them away were in credit Costello. to Costello, Yeah. Some he of those balls he was placing throws. were dead Look, on. Look, yeah. My 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 first note is that Mississippi State it should have been this. Mississippi State beat LSU. We are just talking about what went wrong for LSU because this is an LSU podcast. Mississippi State beat you. You did not, like, blow this game or lose this
1: game. They were running through tackles and and making them look soft at times. They were 100% smarter and more in command than them. You really didn't see, aside from, like, the fumble off the helmet, like, you really didn't see any, like, unforced errors by Mississippi State. None of that. They just played better football.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And so – yeah, lad, so, like, this was clearly these corners were not up to the task. And I feel terrible for Ward because he's out there playing after having, like, apparently, like, some, you know, I well I, I never know. He what had a we procedure. He yeah. had a procedure, like, recently, right? Yeah. Like, do we know the timing of that? Like, a couple
1: weeks or something? And well, he's, he's been out, out for two weeks. I don't know when the procedure was. Yeah,
0: and now he's got to be manned up on game day. Like, to me, that's, that's where the friction comes in for me personally with Pelini. Like, or just why, whereas like a a fan, I'm like, ah, come on. Like, what are we doing here is you have to be willing to adapt to your personnel. And it just didn't seem like LSU was willing to do that this game. And and, and, and whether this is fair or not, you come away with the feeling. Like you just watched like a less miles offense, but on the defensive side of the ball, <laughs> on a game where you were just going three and out, running the ball, no effect, and 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 here's okay. So why didn't they play zone? Do do you think they or like a quarters coverage? Do you think they don't have it installed or they don't practice? I mean, I've talked to no, defensive I players. I, I mean, exactly right. You think that they haven't installed, but I've talked to defensive players. They're like, well, it's not what they've been practicing, so you can't switch it up at that point, but. I, 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 I'm I reminded, Brody, of an old FDR quote. Uh, this is during the Depression. And it's when he's running against Herbert Hoover. He says, it's common sense to take a method and try it. If it fails, admit it frankly and try another. But above all, try something. And this is when like the Hoover government, their response to the Depression was everybody like, just stay the course. It's going to work itself out. Stay the course. And that's exactly how sad or he felt. Like, I don't care if you don't practice. It. Just try it. It can't be worse than what's going on.
1: Yeah, because first off, they absolutely have zone coverages. I mean, a big thing that Polini was going to bring was actually more coverages. That was like a thing we've been hearing. And and from what I understand, from what I've heard, I mean, basically they were like, hey, by the way, you like the little lisp I had there? Basically. Um, huh. But they basically thought that you know, zone wouldn't work against Mike Leach's scheme, and he'd pick that apart, and all these things, and that was their game plan going in. And by the way, here's like the devil's advocate thing I will say is that I actually understood the game plan wholeheartedly. I, I think it was a, if they got even like decent man coverage, I think LSU actually like the defense would have dominated because I, I love. They started what I saw from, really
0: good. They started I, great. I
1: liked exactly. I liked a lot what I saw from the front six. I liked the attacking, and you saw a huge difference in the pass rush and the aggressiveness up front, and they were genuinely like making havoc up there so and the idea of of pelini's scheme is basically to to put pressure up front to do those things and then make sure you're winning your one-on-ones on the outside and and by the way if if you had a healthy Derek stingley and you know Cordell flott you know in a more reserved role and rick's you know, you know all that yeah there's a chain
0: effect <laughs> where you don't get beat you know, you can yeah, take out so three, three of those beats or something. I genuinely you
1: know, am not criticizing the strategy, and, and like I said, I'll get to it later, but no, I don't... but it's don't, a
0: lack of the adjustment that I think
1: we're criticizing. Yes, that's, right? that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, that's the number one thing, and I think that's the thing that, I mean, Ogeron said the first thing Bo Pelini did after the game was he was the first one coming to him and said and, and said I should have done better and all that, but I mean, I, I I have a lot of Nebraska fans in my mentions these past 72 hours. I know, dude. Why are and,
0: Nebraska fans <laughs> so goddamn salty? They really,
1: here? by the way, just a just quick go aside, enjoy they have Really Go taken, enjoy Scott Frost. They, they really is. they have taken the mantle. I really, as somebody who follows a lot of IU stuff and a lot who's been following the Big Ten stuff this past year, I, I really do think they've taken the mantle of you know I used to think Mississippi State was up there. I used to think LF, LSU was really high up there. I really think Nebraska's taken the mantle of the most over the top fan base. But uh, but anyway, uh, uh, I would
0: like to state for the record that I love the Mississippi State fan base. We have a natural affinity for each other. But continue.
1: I. I don't have a bad relationship with them, but I think they are up there in the insecurity rankings. But, um, anyway. Not, not this Monday, Brody. <laughs> not special. this Monday. They are They probably sailing- are. They're probably like, why aren't people talking more about how good we were? <laughs> they are sailing high on this Monday. Um, but... That Anyway, a long way of saying, I, I think I had so many of them being like, this was his number one problem in Nebraska is that, you know, he didn't make adjustments and all these things. So I, I do think there's something where you do really need to be concerned. And But then I'm going to, you know, because we just spent about 10 minutes talking about all the bad or 15 minutes. I want to circle back. I do think there's reasons for optimism with this defense. And you start with the fact. First off, Flott, well, I mean Flott was whatever. You know, Flott was is an, your normal starting nickel and he was I would grade him like what, a C+. Plus. He made yeah, some big errors, but he also did fine. Like, fine. I have no strong takes on how on how Cordell Flott did. So he's one of your starters. Elias Ricks is the other starter. He had some huge welcome to the SEC moments, and that that touchdown he gave up was pretty inexcusable, and that was a huge mistake in a big situation that kind of altered things a little bit, and and that was a you know learning moment. But in the grand scheme, and he gave up one other big pass to Peyton down the sideline. And yeah, so he made his mistakes and he bounced back with that massive interception, leaping interception. I mean, that was like, that was actually like better than he, eh, it's probably just as bad as, good as Stingley's best one last year. So that was a five star freshman interception. I mean, that was improving like what he can be. And I think he learned from his error. I think, you know, I think by the end of that game, I'm like, all right, that guy's an SEC corner. And in the grand scheme of things, his numbers actually weren't bad. So I don't think Flot's bad. I think he's fine. And I think Ricks is going to be good. He's probably going to make some freshman mistakes, but still, he looked fine. And I think Jay Ward is going to be healthier. I mean, I don't think he'll, I don't know if he's going to be good. I don't have much of a sample size on him, so I'm not going to pretend I to know that. To but he's never going to look like stuff. that again.
0: Yeah, after learning that injury stuff, I I, I am going to uh, <laughs> give him a pass just because so, I know the frustration of being forced into a game. Not like forced like against your will, yeah. but just like by the depth chart. Because you want to play if you have to, but you know you're like I like you can't. But I, I know how it is to be forced out there and you're playing one legged and you look really bad, but it's really frustrating because you're playing one legged and like yeah. nobody knows that's watching you. It's a terrible feeling. So And uh yeah, Ward gets a pass to me. I was shocked when I heard that news.
1: Yeah, so exactly. Like I don't know if he's gonna be good, but we'll we'll give him he he deserves many more chances. So he's never gonna look that bad again. I can at least say that. So now and then you get the best cornerback in football back. And all indications are Ogeron even... I mean, he was discharged from the hospital Saturday night. Ogeron said today he expects him back at practice by tomorrow. Stingley's probably going to be back, and he's probably going to be fine. So, all of a sudden, first off, okay, if you just get at Stingley... We're back, baby! No, yeah. no, not Eight saying that. And two. The, 8 and 2 Stop it! <laughs> so, my questions are still very big, but you saw all of a sudden look at, okay, Stingley, Ricks, in the grand scheme of things, was decent, and then Flott, I think, is fine. Flot wasn't the one getting embarrassed or anything. So your one through three right there is actually fine, and then, you know, I still think Ward would be better. You still want Evans, I mean, I don't know if you can ever trot Darren Evans back out there, that was brutal, but, you know, and, and it's telling that they never felt comfortable turning to Dwight McLaughlin or Radarius Jones, that's telling in that situation, so I don't know what to make of that, but Still, overall, I do I don't think the cornerback play I, do, I still don't think it's gonna be great. I'm very skeptical. It will never I don't think it will ever look that bad again. So I will just give them the benefit of the doubt there, and then to keep going with that.
0: Well, I'm not I'm not that skeptical because you're right. I mean, once you had Stingley back to that makes you got Stingley and Flot, and then you just need your third guy to be better than he was this game, and you have to imagine, like you yeah. said, that you would kind of find your level and so it would. Uh yeah, I mean look he's this whole football season is reinforcing to me the importance of your superstars. Because I went so far fair. down the weak link theory line. And I agree, look, there's still a lot of validity to I went it. even
1: further, so fair. But
0: but I think I've undervalued uh, the absence of strongies. not just how I've evaluated football recently. I mean, when I look at sell so Shoe team, when I look at the NFL, like the absence of Mike Thomas right now, or some of the other major wide receivers that took place and how –
1: the, the old quarterbacks
0: have, yeah, they all, and look at what's going on with Watson now and Breeze, and then, and then look what's going on with, you know, Kyler Murray when he gets a Watkins. And, and, and so I'm just, it's, yeah, I mean, everything that I talked about being worried about with Jamar Chase left, like as good as Terrace Marshall and everybody looked, uh, Saturday kind of felt like exactly what, what was worrying me. Uh, but I'm, but I'm talk, I'm just getting to the offense here. So are we done? Are, no, are, I, I, are, are I, well, we I just done? want
1: to say my last thing is that. Yes. That my, my overall take here is that there are massive question marks, and Bo Pelini has a lot to prove. But I also absolutely see the recipe for this still to be a nasty defense, which I know I'm probably going to get so much shit for, and probably deservedly mm. so, but... I genuinely liked what I saw from the front six. Like, I thought, you know, like, Damone Clark didn't do anything to be noticed either way. You
0: haven't <laughs> said the name yet, though. Let's just cut to the chase. Get to the name from Ollie the Gay. game. Yeah.
1: Ollie Gay looked like an absolute, like, a first round pick. I'm not saying that yet. He played one game against a, probably not a great right tackle. So we're going to see. But Ollie Gay. Exceeded my expectations beyond belief. He looked like a stud out there. Beat him every single play on the edge. Beat him going inside. Knocked down passes. Had a sack. Almost had two. I mean, he looked like the goods. B.J. Ojolari didn't. Why get,
0: can my guy Ali Gay and I hate being this guy, but I did it. think it was this blatant. Why can't my guy get a holding call?
1: There were yeah. two times.
0: Yeah. There were two times where it was like. It's very rarely does this happen to me where I see it and I'm immediately like I just assume there's going to be a flag like it has to be blatant. And there were two times where I was just like, man, dude, come on, hook him up. He's been making plays making <laughs> plays all day.
1: Yeah. So there's him. I mean, I actually but B.J. Ojalary basically didn't get used until the second half, which I'm sure I wonder what the reasoning is for that. But he actually started looking really. He didn't get numbers, but he looked really nice when he started playing. Andre Anthony had a few nice rushes. He was fine. Nothing special. Um, I actually like what I saw from Joseph Evans in a pretty tough spot playing another new position. Uh, Glenn, Neil Farrell still very much getting in shape. Made some really great plays. Like He still looked like he's a starter on this team Good
0: now. active hands across <laughs> yeah. the board from the D. And then...
1: You're gonna get Len Logan's out for the first two weeks. We know that uh, for off the field reasons, you know, let's call it a, the good old coach's decision thing. See and, baby. <laughs> But he's gonna be back by week three, which is when the season starts really, you know, getting tougher. So I actually genuinely leave that game relatively content with that D line, especially Gay. And then I liked what I saw from Devon Clark. Like I said, he didn't like make big plays. He didn't make any big screw ups. But he actually looked like the most sure thing tackler out there. Jabril Cox, I, thought,
0: I thought he had that. Tight, was that tight route?
1: Was he had the Kyle one where he Hill like went for the middle, where
0: he kind of yeah, went for the he,
1: bat down. He went for the bat down yeah, and kind of missed. I, the tackle. I just wanted to
0: make sure that was him. Or that
1: was him, but I don't Colin. really. I, I watched that one a few times, and that wasn't like a Damone Clark made like screwed up thing. it was just like a tough play. You know, I'm not really gonna beat him up because he actually Hill's looked,
0: gonna feast on linebackers and one on one coverage yeah. all year long. Side
1: time. note, yeah, credit to him too, Colin Hills. Maybe hey, is he the best Mike linebacker Leech in the SEC? Making, Mike
0: and Mike Leach. I mean, Gary Danielson nailed it on the broadcast. Mike Leach I mean Colin Hill should be dapping up Mike Leach right now like that's a fortuitous relationship for the both of them because when you can re- he just when, made when some all made money yeah dude when the NFL seeds you can do that and look at what Kamara just did on Sunday night and obviously you know the value of Christian McCaffrey like
1: yeah his his game I mean I I, I didn't know he had that in him it's just Hill you're a beast <laughs> anyway, so I promise I'm wrapping up. But anyway, Cox had the pick six, and uh, I mean, Cox looked pretty good too. I didn't see anything that made me concerned about him. Yeah, the and pick yeah, six was awesome. <laughs> so my, my takeaway from that game is that Pelini's like – whole thing about how and by the way i loved what they did with jacoby stevens i mean randa already used him as like another outside linebacker but pollini used him as quite often literally just like a fourth lineman like didn't put his hand down but he was quite literally like in like a four technique a few times you know so i, I i'm really interested to see what he does there he had that great sack he had the forced fumble which was a pretty great play did two he recoveries. end up with two recoveries yeah yeah, yeah. He, i mean jacoby stevens look like they're actually gonna get even more creative with him than Aranda did so I, I left that game thinking Pliny actually very much succeeded with what he wanted to do with attacking with the front six and, and getting guys in the box. That part succeeded wholeheartedly, in my opinion, against a team that's actually even tougher to do that against. So I thought that part worked. And if the corner, and but what that whole scheme is about is the bedrock of that scheme is being able to trust your corners. So my overall takeaway is if yeah. that corner spot even improves by, I don't know, 20%, I bet it's going to improve by more than that. This defense actually could be, like, really, really good. And I'm a long way away from saying it's going to be there. But they passed half the tests and failed the other half wholeheartedly. So there's just something interesting to watch, I guess, is all I'm really saying.
0: So I've been kind of flip-flopping something a lot in my mind, right? Because you got the sacks, you forced the turnovers. It created one of the weirdest box scores I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, in terms of flying in the face of what we understand about what should win games or not. Um, but, but I've been questioning, like, is that aggression good or is it a false... Good. Is it a fool's gold because of the net loss created by overaggression? But, that was my original ah. thought, but when you go back and watch the film and you see that they're actually not blitzing that crazy, and a lot of times they're just bringing four, it's it, it, it's less to do with the amount of people that they're yeah. adding to the pass rush and more to do with just the style of coverage that they were playing. So Exactly. I uh, so, I, so that's interesting. I, I don't know if I've actually come to that conclusion before, I think like you helped get me there and I wasn't there even this morning talking about it, even after watching it. So I guess you're right. The, the 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 aggression was successful in a way, but um yeah, but like I said, the coverage style was not. All right, so yeah. the defense obviously I mean literally uh nowhere to go but uh
1: <laughs> Yeah. I mean like, I, my, like, my my, my <laughs> review is you should be panicking, but there's a chance it really works. Like that is my answer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and like we said, the value of the strong link getting Derek Stingley back will be huge.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover,
0: everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep,
1: you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash
0: credit card. All right, so let's talk about the offense. And let's just start. Everybody wants to start with Miles Brennan, uh, quarterback play. Um, I have a list here. Of things Ooh. that like I think that Brennan could improve on, but
1: you've come in prepared today. Line, you had all the third and t- all the third downs prepared. Well, Pinhead, I, charted, you know, I
0: charted. You know, I charted. You when I when I, I charted the I charted the game. Right. I mean, last year watching film was just like a masturbatory celebration. Like there was no real, like there was nothing to actually uncover. Uh, it's like Jay Cole says, right? There's beauty in the struggle. Uh, I like watching bad <laughs> films like sometimes because yeah. it reveals a lot of things. My point is what it is revealed to me is that Miles Brennan played an all right game, up and down, uh, definitely a lot to improve on, um, but he played well enough to win. He did not play well enough to overcome a record-settingly bad defensive performance, and what I say to drive this point home, and for no other reason but to drive home that the defense was the main issue for this game, is that look at Joe Burrow's first start after four years of not starting (laughs) against Miami two years ago. He's 11 of 24, 140 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, In that game, they scored 33 points. They had a pick six from a linebacker. Uh, Brennan's first start, what were the numbers? Like 27 of 46, 340-something, three touchdowns, two picks. And he scored 34 points and had a pick six from the linebacker. So, like, there's a lot of similarities there, right? A lot of rust on both these guys, whatever. It's not to compare Burrow and Brennan. It's just it's to say two things. It's to say that, that, that the defensive performance was the reason for the loss in this, even with all the frustrations that you had with the offense. And it's also to say, let's allow some room for improvement. Yeah. I mean, I don't care how many goddamn years you've been in a program. I was in that, that program for three years. I felt like a freshman my first start. I was starting as a redshirt sophomore. It's three years into being there, and yet I was, like, shake, Like, you know, I was as green around the gills as it came. And then by the end of that season, especially by the end of next season, by senior year, it's just a completely different ballgame. Like, what people are so just failing to, to really grasp is that game reps matter. And all those cliches about not being able to replicate, you know, live bullets, blah, 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 and all that, like – like most cliches, there's a, there's a little bit of truth there, and and so like yeah, what I saw is someone who was tentative, who was nervous, but my point is that's understandable. You saw him improve through the game. He had one nice, really nice stretch we'll get to, and uh, and and he'll get better from here. Like, let's allow room for improvement. When Burrow went 11-24 for 140, regardless of what some crazy people might try to say, you never saw him in your brain throwing 60 touchdowns and six picks and winning a Heisman and a Natty going
1: 15-0. So, allow some room for growth. Okay. Before I even get to my actual response, i got to say, um, so you bring up the Burrow stat line thing, which I have to – so basically, like, it, like I think it was the second quarter when like Brennan's first three drives were all duds, none made it to midfield. I like sarcastically tweeted Burrow's stat line in his debut. I was trying to do like a Rossillo thing. Dude, no, where,
0: I <laughs> can't go after God like that, bro. <laughs> yeah, so I
1: was I was trying to do like a Rossillo thing where I'm like, yeah, did you get? You know, people forget. You know, <laughs> like Brennan was only 11 to 24. Man, that was a bad decision. For so many reasons. It was a beautiful Twitter moment where you saw every avenue of how it could go wrong. Where you saw like 40% of people being like, yeah, you're right. Like, you're 100% right. Brandon could be Burrow. And I'm like, not what I was saying. And then you had the other 40% being like, carry the water for the program, Brody. Like, you, you little... They're just like calling me a shill. They're so just like, man, you game, really think that? And I'm dude, like, wow, all of this, I was completely this kidding. whole
0: game. It's, it just reminds me how like toxic politics have gotten or something. Yeah, this, this post game discussion has somehow taken on the, the they It's taken on a two party breakdown, hundred oh, percent. And it is, it's either the defense's fault or the quarterback's fault, or even and more than that. There's like, the
1: half who are like, we're on house money, we want a championship, and then the half who are like, I think an Sean should be fired tomorrow. It's genuinely that too. Um, uh, it's, but yeah, <laughs> so, so what do you think about review? Miles? Yeah, yeah. what do you think? I think you framed it perfectly in the very beginning, where you said he was fine, but it, it's it's good enough to it's not good enough to overcome the errors. And I think that was the best way to put it. You nailed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you asked me to give my just like literal grade review, yeah, it would be probably it would be negative. I don't think he had a great game. I think it would be. I'd give him like a D plus or a C minus. I don't think he was great. I think he was genuinely timid. I think. You know, and then some of that was explainable with some of the coverage stuff they were doing, and it genuinely confused him, and I think that's fine. He was not I, seeing it at all <laughs> early on, you yeah. could tell. he missed some guys downfield. Some of his throws were just weird, but but those were actually the exact same thing where I think it was that same jitteriness where, like, you know, there was just pressure on him and, you know, people in his face, and those throws, you could see him, it was kind of like a hop-steppy, like, like, throw, and those were the ugly ones where it was low and all that stuff. But I also thought... There were about three drives where The game, the the game plan seemed better. There was rhythm to the offense. They ran the ball a little more to have some balance. And those were the drives where he looked confident. He stepped into his throws and felt decisive about what he was doing. And when he did, those drives were fantastic. The 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 one touchdown drive in the first half stands out, and the one where that concluded with the deep ball to Marshall stands out. Where when he stepped in and made a confident throw, he looked like an SEC quarterback.
0: So 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 I want (laughs) to can I can I jump in here because I do want to highlight these drives. because that was in the third quarter, and that to me is when uh, the the most interesting sequence for from the offense from a success standpoint. Because the first half was some of the most uninteresting film I ever watched. It was like a, <laughs> it was rough. It was like a whose turn is it now to screw up, right? It yeah. would they they had a drop, couple nice starts. They throws, get a first down, yeah. yeah then be a drop. Then be a bad throw. Then be a missed assignment or getting beat on the line. Uh, running back like it was. It just felt like you know what, like I said, whose turn is it now? But in that third quarter. Which, like I said, I like because I want to see that improvement during the game. Um, the eighth and ninth drives—that's that's when he started to get it. So on that eighth drive, he he got a nice first down to Kirkland to start the game, uh, start the drive. Then he had that twenty-yard uh, ball to Jure Jenkins um, on that drive. They get down to the one. This is where they let the free rusher through the a gap on third and goal from the one. Why I have no idea. Uh, massive MA. Uh, but on that drive, he was 5 of 6 for yep. 50 yards. Uh, the next drive, um, he had a nice big 20-yard gain to McMath. He had, he had the 40-yard touchdown to Terrace Marshall. And, uh, and then the what, next it, drive, he
1: looked really good again, but there was just the arm hitting his, the exactly. Hand hitting his arm. Exactly. That's yeah.
0: what I was saying. So at this point, he's like 7 for his last 8 for like 100 yards and a touchdown. Then the next drive, he's getting down again, and he is going to deliver the touchdown to put you over the top. Now, granted... It was a tick late. And and that's not, you know, it's a tough thing to critique, but that is true. Like, that is just, that's the margin sometimes, um, unfortunately. But he did read it, right, just a tick late. And he's going to deliver that ball, and he's going to hit it. It's wide open. And then that arm gets hit, and everything shifts. Uh, everything shifts after that, even though he did come back with a one-handed touchdown throw to Marshall later on. But I thought in, in the second half, you had a – Significantly better Miles Brennan, yes. obviously, than you had in the first half
1: yeah and first off, one hundred percent, and you know I, I talked to his dad this morning for a story that'll run I think wednesday and and you know he was saying that like yeah like, he admits like he thinks there was some jitters, like he thinks they' for the whole team this is a team of completely new starters, except three guys, and you know I think and there was not your normal cohesion from a normal off season, no spring, all these things he just doesn't think there was the the they weren't clicking that well, and they, they were all a little nervous and he 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 thinks that's true, and I think I definitely saw that from Brennan um I think the the biggest concern about Brennan going into the season, you know, aside from maybe like how good he can read coverages was how is his pocket presence? And it didn't look good. I'm just going to say no, it didn't look no, good. No, it did not look good at the all. Main
0: areas of improvement. <laughs> there were a couple times he had nice, warm, cozy pockets like the interior yeah. outside of, well, it's weird because the interior both did good, but Chase and Hines also actually struggled the most. Uh, but for a lot of the game, the interior, like there were a couple times the interior pocket was great. He had plenty of room to sit back there, kind of, to see things step up a little bit and he ran into pressure. I think I yes. think it counted three different times. There's
1: <laughs> a lot of times where if his first read wasn't right and like he pump faked and didn't like it, he would just take off. So and maybe that you now, there's probably a lot of reasons for that. But I say a lot to say, and like I said, my review is still negative, so don't think I'm spin zoning this too much. But you do have to judge somebody by how they improve and whatnot, and he genuinely improved. If you look at his overall numbers in the second half, he looked like a pretty solid quarterback. And you and people saying he threw two picks probably didn't really watch the game because he threw two picks, but neither of those were Miles Brennan genuinely throwing an interception. One was even, his arm you know, was
0: hit. Even put the, even put the one, let's just go, let's, let well, yeah. even you know, put the all, one with the arm on him, right? It's yeah. three picks. But, it, it's not, I mean, Three touchdowns, one pick, That that's fine. You can Yeah, take but,
1: but my point is, yeah, like there's the one that he made the right read and literally a guy hit his arm, and there's the one where it's just a Hail Mary at the end of the game. So don't throw two interceptions at me. That's just not accurate. You're not yeah. really watching. So, okay, so there's that. He, he looked better. His throws seemed more in command. He seemed more comfortable. So I am – there is a solid portion of me – that goes and thinks week two, week three, yeah, he's probably going to be a little more comfortable. I mean, my number one thing I always go back to was, I remember I wrote that whole big story on, like, how last October about like how Joe Burrow suddenly just became a literal better thrower. And, you know, I was trying to find all these reasons, like him doing that big, th- you know, the, the 3DQB thing in California with all the technology. I talked about the scheme. I talked about his footwork and all these things. And then Jimmy Burrow just kind of laughed a little. And he's like, yeah, that's all a little true. But he's like... Listen at the end of the day I think Joe just had an off season where, you know he, had, he, had he basically says like he's like yeah he hadn't played in 3 years and then he was thrown into playing in 2018 and he just like had to relearn how to do all this and he came back in 2019 was and just was more comfortable so like yeah like some of it we might all just be overthinking and Brennan just has to get comfortable uh, so I want to concede that point at least so yeah I, I mean, my my, I, over, my overall takeaway no you're you're good buddy uh Wow, why do I say it so condescendingly like that. I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, yeah, that was weird. That's, that wasn't real, I promise. Punch your <laughs> well, dick through this I'll, microphone. I will I'm be sorry. you am going to a fight me. and every one of our listeners knows it. That's um, true. You did play O-line. That's true. Played, I played nose tackle. Um, oh damn it! <laughs> I'm sorry, I tried <laughs> three and a half, three sacks. Uh, oh, anyway, oh <laughs> not to brag. Let's not, go. Okay, finish your thought. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, my my review is negative, and I and I still think you should leave this game concerned because I saw more to concern me than assure me. So I, I I am not making any opinion on him, but I'm saying that you shouldn't make any opinion on him. You should not leave this game being like out on Miles Brennan because, like you said, and and, and Cody Worsham of LSU actually tweeted like the first start of every LSU quarterback in the last like 20 years and he like the second best passer rating, I think, you know, all these things. So just don't judge him hard either way. Just don't think he's great. Don't think he's bad. Just give him a little more time is all I'm saying. I
0: mean, no, Mr. Context King. This is sports talk. You got to plant a flag in the sand. Uh, so I am credit. I am the guy who my just flag. argued
1: the defense might still be good even after that. So give me give me credit. I uh,
0: that is fair. That is completely fair. Uh, that's like this morning I did a whole apology video to Aaron Rodgers, and then I saw Skip Bayless tweet where Skip said that Drew Brees was actually better than Rodgers last night, and I was like, oh my god, that's why he's the king. I should have never. I should have never admitted. You got to bow
1: at the feet of a take
0: master. Um, Yeah, uh, that's the zag of all zags. Wow, (laughs) I I actually want. I want to take a second here. Wow, that just like caught me off guard. What a beast! I mean, you can't even. It's just like
1: I'm fanning myself. I feel like that
0: guy that Kyler Murray broke down yesterday. I feel like Todd Harris missing that tackle on the side. (laughs) I was like, whoa, I never saw it coming, dude. Uh, okay, okay, so here's my deal with Miles and why uh, he gets yeah. a passing grade. Uh, Ooh. Because I think that, um, okay, so a few things. I think that consistently through the off season, what did I ask for? I asked for 60% of Burrow. Yeah. I got 60% of you Burrow. You did. Uh, I said if this team was going to be really good, that it was ultimately going to be down to the defense, right? This was the exact reason why I said that, True. because they're going to make mistakes. The offense was going to take a step back. A lot of people were cool with saying that; they weren't cool with what that actually felt like. Uh, and 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 for anybody's other Jamar Chase left because you saw the writing on the wall. Terrace Marshall ended up with what like one fifty and two TDs. One twenty-two, I believe. Yeah. Okay, Jamar Chase's numbers would have been fine. It'd have been fine. Um, I mean, if, if if you still have Jamar Chase, you, Miles doesn't have to think. If he if he reads that he has Chase one on one, that's where he goes with the ball. Uh, but 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 whatever. I, I digress. Um, so so you got that sixty percent, and the mistakes that he think expected were there. Like that's what it's going to look like. And unfortunately, it's just could, could he have been better? Absolutely. But like I said, there are so many more building blocks there. Than people are giving credit for. If your main problem is not seeing it fast enough, and it's your first start in four years, that makes sense to me. Like that makes a ton of sense to me. With experience, it slows down. Why what, what? You mean you hear it all the time? This second-year player, the game's really slowed down for him this second year. Uh, you know, third, fourth. Like you see it all the time at every level of football. So, yes, does he have happy feet? Yes, does he? He's hold on to the ball too long. I mean, yeah, Cody put the numbers out there earlier. He absolutely did. Um, do you want more toughness and leadership? Sure, whatever. Like, but they there's still enough there to win. But it's just it's not gonna it's like we knew. It's not gonna be like last year, where the offense just can win you the game. Every game they wins is going to need to be a team win. And then who knows though? I mean, he still could end up being really good too. So yeah. I mean, I'm I am I I he gets a passing grade. From Wa, I got the sixty percent of Burrow that I was calling for all off season. And one last thing, and this has nothing to do with the actual, are you like, are you happy with Miles or not? Whatever. Like, I just bring this up because it's fascinating to me. Is uh, two years ago, three years ago, LSU fans would have been uh, over the moon with this kind of stat line. It would have been crazy. It would have been unlike anything they've ever seen. And yeah. for all of our talk of like Burrow didn't infect our brains and make us crazy, um, the expectations have wildly shifted. So just just so hard the opposite direction that now somehow LSU has an unrealistic view of how good a quarterback should be, right? Like before yeah. it, was, it was the polar opposite. And and yeah, and now you've gone so far the other direction.
1: Yeah, like it was like a it was like a a joke for us that it was like, man, so so unfair. The borough, I mean, Brennan has replaced Burrow, but like. I thought in my head that like as much as I said that all the time like I'm like I still think most people will use their brain and it's just not no first week we are literally seeing it in definition that the the 340 yards it was like dog shit and it's like oh okay we are literally seeing it.
0: I've never seen stats (laughs) hand waved away so fast and I get what they're saying because yeah I don't think I said I don't think he was great. great. And they didn't play great situational football right? They did not. Like they did have uh, obviously some opportunity at the end that they let slip through their fingers.
1: Whenever they Um, Needed a play that didn't make it. That's the actual truth. So that's important. Um, Well, I mean,
0: late in the game. I mean, like, yes, any third down.
1: Like, they never converted like an important third down. I felt like, they didn't convert in the red zone. He had the ball with seven minutes left, trailing three. Well, did convert in the
0: red zone? Have you forgotten
1: the fadeaway, bro? God, that thing was tight, dude. That was that was like the moment I was like, I think he might be bad. (laughs)
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, so what separates? So what makes one quarterback a gunslinger and one quarterback a bad throw? Because if you really look at it, and, ah, I, and I I don't think, want to get into hold on. this. Okay, why not? If Because really I feel like, like I'm
1: only going to credit—because that looked like a scared throw. That was like four men were in his face, and he was like, ah, and like threw the ball. Yeah, but, but
0: he threw it to where two LSU players were versus one defender and giant Eric <laughs> Gilbert. Do you all want him to take the sack? Like, I know that you want a more decisive throw, but I mean, like, to me, like— we can't give him any credit. It's not. It's not like there were like three defenders, you know, and like Gilbert yeah, just went I up know. and got it. It was two v one.
1: I know. No, I, I know. I don't have a strong take on this, so I am going to let it go. <laughs> but I, I just didn't see that as impressive. But all I do I'm saying see your, that looked your, like
0: Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen <laughs> to me. <laughs> That's Speaking 15, of which. Bro. Um, one world. last thing before Josh we get Allen into it. So good. I'm sorry. Continue
1: though. No, one last thing I want to say about the offense, and then like we're at 45 minutes, we'll probably wrap up real quick with like just our expectations of the season now. But one last thing I wanted to say on this was it's, it's not a Brennan thing; it's an offense thing. We said this last week, I think it was two weeks ago, about how like maybe we need to watch like the offensive philosophy and if it's actually more run heavy than we thought. And I think that's really going to be something I am really excited to watch these next few weeks because. Okay, they ran the ball eight times to running backs in the first half. Like their run pass run split was probably like 70-80%. Like it was it was 100% pass heavy. And then O'Journ even said like we need to run the ball more. We and that was a real thing and they came on the second half and it was still more pass to be clear. But They ran the ball much more. The offense flowed more. They they ran the ball well, by the way. I think like four and a half yards per carry. It was from spread sets. It was literally what we were saying, but it was still more power run. And that's when the offense started flowing. So I don't know which is going to be the norm, which half. I don't know. But Ogeron literally even said today, he's like, we can't just drop back every time. It doesn't work like that. First off, Mike Leach would disagree after what he just did to you. But that's just something to really follow because it's something we even predicted last week that like that's going to be a weird like tension or balance to follow. And I and I wonder which it's actually going to be going forward.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, no, I think I think I, th- I think you, you you the second half, like I said, you you got to take some of the pressure off Miles. It's why all those drops felt so much more impactful too. Like if, if a quarterback's kind of new, a little green, uh, the tea, you're, you you got to kind of help him along a bit. Um, okay, on the running game, I, I want to talk about something very quickly. Yeah, uh, which is what a zone read is versus uh, what a zone is and what an RPO is. I have a lot of people asking what the RPO is. An RPO is not a specific play. It's just a play that has a run-pass option. Um, I never really watched film looking for RPOs. Uh, I mean, I saw a couple. That, that is what it is. But, but I think people think that the zone play is now actually called like the RPO or something. I, so all the RPOs are run-pass option. That could be a bunch of different plays. Uh, a zone read is in that shotgun where you got the back right by the quarterback and you see him uh, that you, you don't block the backside defensive end. Right. And, and the quarterback rides the handoff. If the defensive end commits to the running back, the quarterback pulls it and runs. If the defensive end stays home and plays the quarterback, the quarterback hands the ball off. If you block that defensive end, you are not reading anyone. So it's no longer a zone read. It's just a read. It's just a zone. And that's what LSU was doing. I heard a lot of people like, why are we running zone read with Miles? He's not going to pull it. And they did run it a couple times. But the vast majority of the time, they had brought in a receiver, and they were blocking that backside defensive end. So it was just really zone left and zone right. There is no pull element. There's not supposed to be a pull element on it. Now, whether or not they should keep running it, I mean, it was a mixed bag and everything, maybe over so on it at times. But but I just want to make that point because it's something that I heard bandied about a lot in the following in the post game.
1: No, I think that was a good point. Um, All right, then we're going to end with this, which is pretty straightforward and just okay. I think you and I both had seven and three as our expectation for the season before the game. I think we were both like high seven and three though, like closer to eight and two. Now after this game. What is your prediction for the season? Like, how did this change your view?
0: Well, I'm just gonna do this from a, a purely mathematical sense because I uh, think it also makes sense. But no, I mean, no, I don't think uh, I, I. I think it's six and four. I think that it's still. I. I mean, if so, if you're gonna seven three now, you're gonna two two split the the four pack that we've talked about, right? Yeah. And. I mean, I don't know. The four-pack didn't always look strong. No, I know. No, 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 <laughs> no. I'm sticking by my takes because I was on this game, and you and many others scared me off, and I took a cowardly way That's out. That's so true. And I completely I'm went was, the opposite I need to say direction.
1: that, by the way. I was so incredibly wrong, and I need to really eat well, that. I'm glad I saved were. it for the 45-minute no, mark. We, but we but
0: all were. There's, there was a full But on. I was like
1: way too. I was like, no, no you're but, wrong for being uh, nervous.
0: Let's be clear. A take quake. Has taken place. There has been a tectonic T-quake. shift in expectations here. Um, I mean, even even though I was a little worried about Legion Company, I did not think that what I, I did not think that what I witnessed on Saturday would ever happen. Right. Um, so, so I guess whatever. I'm sticking with my takes. Then. Uh no, I think six and four feels very realistic. I think if you go seven and three, that's a season that fans will be happy with because that means yeah. you get two of those big wins, kind of a nice kind of balance, you know, bounce back and uh yeah that, that, that'd that be solid
1: yeah so the only like I'm still my my answer is probably six and four I'm not gonna try to overthink this but the only like devil's advocate I'll play to seven and three is that when I said seven and three kind of baked into that and it's something I said pretty often was I think I thought Miles Brennan would will he's the kind of quarterback who will probably go off and win you one game you shouldn't and will probably struggle and lose you one game you shouldn't right that's like was very baked into that, and I felt like this was an LSU team that would probably blow at least one game. It would probably surprise everyone in another. So, Okay. if I think of it that way, then yeah, like it makes perfect sense that like this was the game they they just kind of completely collapse, and then maybe like they bounce back and actually are still like about what I thought they'd be. That's probably like actually the rational way. But still, I just I I don't think Miles Brennan as much as I think he's going to be fine. I really do. I don't think he's a quarterback who will overcome and win you games. I just don't think he's like a game changer like that. That's not a criticism. So few quarterbacks are, like so few. So I'm not criticizing. But, yeah, I I think you just have to say six and four. And, you know, the offense just really didn't gel. Like even the best plays, it never felt like this was an offense that was like incomplete cohesion. And we just saw one of the most cohesive offenses I've ever watched. So it's easy to see the difference. So, yeah, I'll go six and four.
0: I feel bad that it took us this long to get there, but Dre Jenkins had a really nice game.
1: He did, and that's act. And Shay Dixon literally, while we've been recording, had a perfect tweet, which was like basically was like, "Who will step up at LSU for receiver?" And it was like media and fans all offseason names everybody but Dre Jenkins. <laughs> and I'm <am laughs> guilty. Yeah. I named every single receiver. I even probably mentioned Alex Adams before I mentioned Dre Jenkins. So yes, credit where it's due. He completely like proved us wrong and looked like a legitimate good receiver. So you could argue. He- I mean, he looked better than Racy McMath. So yeah, credit to him.
0: What I want to see from here from this LSU team is how do you respond to this? Because when you lost to Mississippi State a few years ago, uh, it got worse. You had to lose to Troy before you had your true rock-bottom reckoning. So if you are this coaching staff, can you stabilize, right? Can you Mm -hmm. stop the hemorrhaging? Are you going to go deeper into this hole? Or is this where you can kind of turn it around? And if you'll remember after that Troy game, it's when Devin White really first emerged. Uh, it's when he came out there and he got on the team for not studying and blah, 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 blah. And that's kind of how the legend of Devin White started. And that team stabilized. What did they finish? Nine and three? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about it earlier. Uh, and so, you know, adversity reveals the man, Brody. <laughs> what are you made of? Uh, and, wow, damn it, I feel sorry, John, because we are 45 minutes in and I forgot to talk about the Football and Grits SEC podcast. <laughs> Hosted by David Oven, um, which is on The Athletic. It's awesome. If you love the SEC, you should check it out if you're still listening.
1: Sorry, I'm, I'm laughing very hard yeah. off mic right now. <laughs> okay, buddy. Um, anything you say
0: to wrap up before I close this thing out?
1: No, I think we've pretty much hit it all, man. We we think this defense has major question marks, but at the same time, there's still the upside. We think, Miles Brennan, you just flat out shouldn't judge yet one way or the other, even if there are concerns. And... Yeah, this team probably just isn't gonna be an SEC contender, but it still, you know, it still has a chance to be a fine. Team.
0: Hey, everybody, there's beauty in the struggle. Okay, this is like when Brody was a Sixers fan for all those years. This is not that bad. You, uh, you know, you look at the pieces you like, you think about where you need to improve. Still football, still great. She's a complicated muse, but she's my muse. Um, all right, this is the Hold That Podcast Podcast. If you like this, rate it, review it on iTunes or wherever. That really helps us. Share it with your friends. Go to theathletic.com slash hold that podcast using that sign-up code helps us. Also gets you a dollar a month subscription to the Athletic. And um, yeah, go get your meats or maybe your specialty meats. if you're in Baton Rouge and uh, okay. The big thank you to John Hayes, producing the show. Huge thank you to you, Brody Miller. I'm T. Bob Weber, and we will see you next Monday on the Hold That Podcast podcast.